0: Welcome to a nightmare on fierce street
1: a monstrous podcast about all things horror
0: if you like what you hear today then you can follow us on facebook instagram twitter and you can also rate and review us on apple itunes today we are talking about dr sleep because after our last episode we felt we all needed some closure doesn't yeah. give us that we're gonna argue about it <laughs> you know.
1: I have to apologize from the last um, episode. As I was editing, I realized that my drunk ass never <laughs> pronounced uh, "hollering" correctly. Oh, hollering. <laughs> I started saying "oh hollerman" and like, all these things. So I'm sorry to all the oh hollering fans out there in the world. I'm saying it correctly now. Correct?
0: Hollering, hollering. I. It um, was very. Well, we've moved on. <laughs>
1: we have but uh, i want to apologize i know that i messed up okay
0: i i mean at least you didn't rewrite a script so you could kill him so i mean like fair <laughs> points you're not key <laughs> in,
1: in which they did in this one too but anyway um <clears throat> so general thoughts just uh, let's dive on in to good old dr sleep um general thoughts i thought that it was better than the shining I thought that they struggled a little bit with trying to figure out if they were gonna follow the continuity of the film.
0: Hard agree because this does not pick up where the book leaves off because in the book they blow it up. Same with the miniseries and Stephen King hated the first movie. So I was like, why are we doing a service to the first movie? Other than some people in these film schools really love Kubrick. And we talked about that last podcast. I'm trying to not go there again, but also. (laughs) You don't owe him anything. So please make your own movie and use your source material because I feel like using the source material would have been better, even though the book also sort of follows along with what Kubrick did. And I'm just really confused about Stephen King and where he stands on that now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did really enjoy the cast. I thought the cast was really fun. But yeah, that's really yeah. my general thoughts.
0: Yeah, it was It was a time. This is my second time seeing it. Um, this time I stayed awake for it. The first time I did not. I took a nap at an AMC downtown Chicago. Um, and I, I'm i happy I made it so we can talk about it today. I will say it is still too long. It's two and a half hours. People keep doing this. Stephen King needs to be a miniseries. If you're going to do it, make it a miniseries. You can't make a long movie that cuts out a lot of the stuff that you need to make things make sense. And then just be like, well, here's two and a half hours of Stephen King. It, don't do that to me anymore. Just don't
1: yeah i i did feel like the pacing was better in this
2: film yes
1: (laughs) there was more and i think that has to do more with the the story itself because with the shining you really i mean the only other live characters there's not any other live characters besides the three the rest are ghosts but i guess they could have utilized the ghosts more i think i don't know we're not talking about the shining we're talking about but I felt like them having more characters and more of a, of a more complex plot, it made the pacing move a lot faster.
0: It did. I, I, I also feel that part of my problem is that I don't feel the sequel was necessary because I mean we all want to know where these Stephen King characters go afterwards, but we don't need to know. Leave us wanting more. <laughs> and so a lot of things get tied back to the first one which feels like it's forced just so you can be like we're back at the overlook as opposed to the story belongs here
1: yeah and it it did at times feel like forced nostalgia yes which i will attest that sometimes i thought it was cool when it was subtle Yes. and i do feel like if you're a fan of the shining which we we clearly are not (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert from last episode um (laughs) are a fan of that film you probably really liked it because you know a lot of people say they grew up watching the shining or whatever um and you know going back to that stuff was probably more enjoyable to them than it was for us
0: i hope so because i hope somebody enjoyed it i did not i i have notes about it as we get there because i was just like this feels forced this is not what i would do if i had to go back to a place where i was traumatized and people died this is not how I would take this space in. This is not what I would want this to be. I'm, it's a horror movie also, though, so grains of salt, because some things need to be forced. But I don't know if the overlooked being in this was one of them that needed to be forced.
1: We'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to the specifics. So we open with <clears throat> a little girl, um, and she meets this mysterious lady by the lake. Number one, did her mama never teach her to not talk to strangers?
0: Her mama didn't put her drink down. She was like, Don't go far. No one is the Stephen King and no ladies live, and no matter what age, <laughs> they're coming for you and they came for this girl.
1: I will say, especially, like, why the girl, why that little girl not run when she sees all these other people coming at her? You know, like, I don't know. I'd, I mean, have, jumped in, I'd have jumped in that leg and swam away.
0: <laughs> but also, we don't know if these vampire creatures can swim or not. Like, fear freeze. I'll allow the fear to freeze a child. What I'm curious about is why the parents are just, like, parked in the woods and they're, like, RV just letting her run wild. It's the woods. People get lost in the woods all the time. Into the Woods has a whole hour opening number about being into the woods and they couldn't get out of it as a motif
2: (laughs) for being lost in the woods. (laughs)
1: Um, yes. And so these people, vampires, things, they never explain what they are.
0: They're weird and, like, uncomfortably sexual as they kill children. Yeah. And that's a whole dissertation we're going to have to unpack.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will say, another spoiler alert, or not spoiler alert, but um, a warning to those listening. Um, I have not read the book because I do not read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I— uh, on your
0: website. Don't put that on your website, Trent. I'm a director. I
2: don't read. <laughs> don't do <that. laughs> uh,
1: I have not. I do read, but I have not read this specific book.
2: I, I listened
0: to the audiobook just because I knew I was going to see the movie. I had like an AMC pass for free movies. So I was like, I'm going to take advantage of that. Should get caught up. Um, so,
1: uh, and I was really glad that you, on our notes, you put the link to that uh, article about the uh, the biggest changes in the book from the movie. Uh, so we'll get to more of those later because I think that almost all of them I preferred the book choice than I did the movie choice.
0: And that's part of my issue with this movie is the things it cut were the things it needed and then the things they added fell into those traps and tropes that we didn't need.
1: Yeah. So So we find out this little girl's name is Violet and she's magical. And so the vampire creatures kill her. Um, And so then we move to
0: Little Danny on his bike back at the Overlook being a recast and in real color. And His bike moves faster because we have pacing here 30 years later, 40 years later. What is math?
1: (laughs) So the re-shot or the the recasting of these original characters. Clearly clearly they couldn't have the same actors back because it's been 50 years.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And they probably wouldn't want to because of all the trauma. I thought the woman that was playing Wendy did a really nice, subtle Shelly Duvall. Um, she wasn't too over the top for me, but she was probably the only one I kind of liked. <laughs> of course, the little I, boy didn't really say anything, so.
0: I feel like it's just, no matter what, it's hard to recast, which is why sequels should happen sooner, but here we are. <laughs> and so, like, whenever somebody steps into that role, it's just like once other person has set the groundwork, and so when you try to do your own thing, it's like, we don't see you.
1: So, and then we see our beautiful naked bathtub lady again. She's back. Still naked. Still naked. Still, I don't know clothes. Still in the bathtub. I wonder if she gets old.
0: Mm, she follows Danny and um, Wendy to their home in Florida so she could be in the bathtub there. Just I, don't of blame her. Danny.
1: I don't blame her. I, I mean,
0: it, some people need closure. Like, <laughs> naked bathtub lady need a closure. You can just walk in on her <laughs> naked aside from her murking in her hair. and just be like, can't use you again.
1: (laughs) What I will say is at least Danny did not go his father's route. (laughs) He did not trust this naked lady. He said, I'm going to shut the door. Goodbye.
0: Right? He's like, I don't want to hug you. I'm not into this. (laughs) Why are you naked in my home? I got to piss myself, and my mother will take care of it. (laughs) Valid Uh, response.
1: Yes. And so we meet the bathtub lady. He shuts the door. And, yes, it is an interesting choice that they use 237 instead of 217.
0: It's another tie-in to the first movie, which I don't understand, other than people keep worshipping Kubrick. And I'm trying to not go down there again. <laughs> but we need to not. If you're going to pick up a book, you need to you pick up the sequel to the shiny novel, not the shiny
2: movie. Um yeah.
1: I think that they may have seen this as a sequel to The Shining film.
2: They did.
1: As opposed to a a film version of the book.
0: Which is why I don't know why Stephen King went for it, because Stephen King is notorious for hating The Shining. He's open about everything in his life, including his hatred of that movie. And so I don't understand why he would be like, yeah, make a sequel to that.
1: And so then we go back and we see um, Halloran, I said it correctly this time, Um, And at first, okay, so this first confused me because I was like, okay, are we going with the book because he didn't die in the book or are we going with the movie? And so I was like, oh, and then as the scene went on, I was like, okay, maybe we're going with the book because he's still alive and he's sitting there talking in the real world and then he's clearly not. Mm -hmm. He's a ghost.
0: Right? Because the movie wants him to stay dead and so one of the things they decided to keep from this book is not him being alive because in the book he is. And he lives for, like, another few decades because Stephen King did not kill him. Stanley Kubrick killed him.
1: And Wendy, in the book, that article you put, uh, talked about how in the book, Dr. Sleep, Wendy calls him to have him come and talk to Danny. And also, it makes more sense for them to go to Florida because that's where Halloran is at. That's his, like, vacation home.
0: And so, of course, they want to have that trauma bond and stay together a little bit while they cope with what they just saw and what they just witnessed. And so, that's one of the things I wish they'd kept from the book.
1: I, I, I'm always more of a fan of movies with a story of community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense, like a group of friends or a family. With this, I wish they would have had him alive because it would have created that community.
0: It also would have helped that they cut out some other people of color by keeping a black man in as a living person for a little bit longer because they took an ax to a lot of the people of color here. Right. And also Stephen King. So, like, there's, like, some racist nicknames for the ones they did keep. And so it's just it's – a, it's a ride.
1: Yeah. Um, and I will say – because they could have kept him alive and then flash forward like, like they do in the film – um, and we we accept that Wendy's dead because I mean it just makes sense. It's been so long, and we could have had him die of old age as well, and still have those interactions with him as a ghost later on in the film. Yeah. All right. So we uh, Halloran teaches him about the boxes in his mind, which is a new concept that we've introduced mm-hmm. to the world. Um,
0: because he's magical and he has to share his abusive background because you can't even just have him be a dead black man who's haunting him. He has to be a dead black man with a past and is giving him assistance because that's what we do as magical Negroes in the Stephen King universe.
1: And then we go back to the hut, to the house or the apartment or whatever Danny lived in and Danny decides to go handle business.
0: He do. He's like, I got the shining. I know how to do a box. Let's go, naked lady in my bathroom.
1: you in a box
0: right I got a box with your name on it it's like a loose cover of a Taylor Swift song
1: (laughs) peace whizzle let us know if you want that song
2: (laughs) right
1: um okay we need some trademark deals (laughs) we
2: do it's
0: time so Danny puts that woman in the box so we can stop seeing her jump out of bathtubs because it's been done for
1: now for now
0: get a new gimmick already lady so we <laughs> we move over to this random girl in a the movie theater who's watching a movie, and of course, because it's the CBK universe, this creep is very impressed. But being a creep, comes up to her, sits down next to her.
1: <laughs> but this exchange of uh, he says, um, "You're not as pretty as your picture," and she says, "You're not as young as yours." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. Yes. Um. So he obviously is somebody who likes to find young girls online because Stephen King only knows how to write about traumas and assholes. <laughs> so let us, yeah. And so she, her whole gimmick is she attracts these men who like to find young girls online, so she can hypnotize them. I guess it's a nice way of putting whatever it is she does to them, because they're frozen and they're not moving. And she's all like, "Here's your backstory for what I'm about to do to you." Got it. Good. Yeah, and well, don't do this anymore
1: later on they they call her the pusher so she like pushes her her thoughts into other people's brains essentially which i actually as a concept i really like and i like the idea of a girl getting her revenge on old creepy men <laughs> i'm I'm here for that
0: i'm here for take down a mini perv i excuse me it also opens it up to where it's like what is the shiny because like Dick and Danny have something that's very similar. This girl has something else. Mm -hmm. And then, like, as we, like, find out, other people have different things. So, sort of, it being, like, a specific set of roles for this gift, they're, like, the (laughs) X-Men. And they all have different gifts that they're bringing to the table. And the the 4G vampires want them.
1: The evil X-Men. Yeah. Well, and I hate that she turns evil. Like, that next scene. Yeah. I, I do like that scene with her. I was rooting for her we were all rooting for her and then she decided to be
0: i think i'm okay with that term though because i got the sense and i don't know if it's because i listened to the book that this girl was very alone in the world and so of course she was looking for a family and of course rose would prey on her for that um i don't understand who they decide to eat who they decide to keep that's still murky for me it's like an age limit where it's like oh if you're over 16 (laughs) you can be one of us
1: they they talk about her being a pusher and how they haven't had a pusher in a long time or something like that. So I'm thinking it's like we have a hole mm, yeah. in our community. She fills that hole, so let's keep her.
0: That makes sense because I definitely watched Rose after an older person steam. So I was like, she don't care about the expiration dates. I don't <laughs> understand what we kept this girl. That that thank you for that. That makes that makes sense for me. Yeah.
1: Um, I do like that there's a female villain.
0: i I, i'm here for that idea and one of the things the movie handles better for me than the book is the way that that whole leadership dynamic works out because like she is the boss Mm -hmm. um and it feels less like appropriation the way it's done here because in the book with all the chanting (laughs) i was like what are you doing stephen king i feel like there's a lot of chanting and there's lots of words that we don't get here that I was like, are you, are you aiming for Native Americans? Are you aiming for someone else? Please well, don't.
1: I, I guess they do a little bit of the chanting when they convert Andy.
0: It's a lot more. And I forgot the actor who read the book, but I was like, I would like you to not do this or play young women on my audible again. Good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. Oh, God. Um, anyway, um, But yes, and so, and I do like the idea, which we we really get to later on. I have a note about it, but um, Rose is tempting people into evil. I think you see, I think there's a lot of that language that she uses that I see in today, in the real world today, with like white supremacist groups. Yes. You know, the world is against you, we can be for you, join our community. Uh, She does it again with Danny at the end of the film but she really does it with Andy now, when she's like, you know, we can make you powerful, we can make you live forever and, you know, have everything you ever wanted, just join us.
2: I
0: like that analogy because like that, that I can get behind because I'm like, are we doing another whole, the devil wants your soul? Also taking it biblically, people like to have these, like certain characters by women because of the whole Eve situation. So Mm -hmm. like she's tempting you with this knowledge and this new world. And I'm always a little bit like, miss me. Don't do it that way. You can have a cool lady villain without all that baggage.
1: Yeah, that's where, that's the that's the, that's the the angle I was looking at it, or the lens I was looking at it through.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with that lens, thank you.
1: There's, <laughs> there's a specific line later on that she says to Danny that I wrote down and we'll get to, that where I was really like, oh, she is trying to brainwash you into white supremacy.
0: <laughs> right? She gonna run for office.
1: Oh, God. And
0: she gonna lose, but win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okay, so uh, we meet Andy and she turns evil, unfortunately. This is the one we meet Amber, or is that later? Um, oh, we meet we meet adult daddy first.
0: Yes, and he's a hot mess which I, I understand, but also there are lines, good sir, because like he's he's picked up the drinking, which is one of the things that could have been handled better in this film. And I don't remember how the book handles it. I think the book did it better. Because alcoholism is genetic, as we all know.
1: I do agree that it could have been handled better, but I do think it handles it better than The Shining did.
0: The movie, yes. Both of these movies are definitely trimming the wrong things from this story because, like we talked about in the last one, Stephen King had many, many battles with addiction, um, which is why The Shining is a very beautiful book. Like, if you're not going to read it, I definitely recommend, like, having an audible situation for it. It's very beautiful, and I I haven't been in it in a while, so like I'm not even sure what all problematic things are still there, but it's Stephen King, so you know they're there. (laughs) Um, But as far as like an addiction narrative goes, I I really, really remember loving it, um, just because I know alcoholics, and my family, and in my friend circles, and so it's a very beautiful story of trying to overcome something, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: trying to do the right thing, and trying to get your life together, and yeah.
1: And I think that's why I liked this one, the way this movie handled it better, because he, we do see him overcome it.
0: We do. We do. But first, we see him go below rock bottom.
1: So, poor, poor little Danny. He has gone downhill. Also, the long we talk about how not only alcoholism is a, is, is uh, genetic, he's also dealing with long-term after-effects of trauma and abuse so like you also have that on top of the genetics on you know and on top of these visions that he's getting you know
0: which he was drinking to like dull those senses because he has the shining which is the sixth sense or whatever you want to call it and he's drinking so they will stop bothering him because he literally sees dead people and he hears things on top of his own ptsd which because he was a 70s kid probably never saw a real therapist just assuming (laughs) and so you get why he reaches for the bottle especially because the bottle is also what his dad and him can have in common the book handles it better i like i said i listened to it right before i saw this movie the first time it's much more cohesive so our first time meeting danny in this movie not the book in this movie (laughs) he is coming to um in the bed of a dead woman who has like a kid who's not been cared for and instead of him being like let me find this kid somewhere safe or let me call someone he takes some money out of the wallet because she took some of his money and so he's like let me take the money and leave so we see him leave this crying kid who's not been cared for with his dead mom and go about his day for the next two and a half hours we're supposed to spend with him
1: <laughs> i couldn't tell if she was just passed out or if she really was dead um and then in the in the the in the article that you posted it put it said that At least in the book, and I thought it even alluded to it happening in the movie, too, that she wasn't dead, but that they both died. The kid died later on due to the abuse of his uncle, and she killed herself. Oh. Because of that.
0: Maybe I missed something, because I always took it as she was like on the verge of if you call 911, she might make it. If you don't, then she won't. And he was like, I gotta get out of here and so that's what it was but i i will i will revisit i will
2: revisit and
1: i and, and i questioned it too so i'm i'm with you especially so you know that they're dead later on because he has a vision of them in his bed dead
0: yeah with the flies like, and everything
1: yeah and her speech in that moment made me think that they, that she was dead and then the baby eventually died just from starvation because she says something like my neighbors
0: were used to him crying because i never was here
1: so they never did anything, and he died. Yeah. A weird moment. And apparently I, in the book, he is continually haunted by this child.
0: It's what makes him get his life together. Because, of course, Dick appears, because, like, your black magical Negro friend will be your conscience as well. Thank you, Stephen King, for letting me know that. Um, he's, the
1: new, he's the new Jiminy Cricket.
0: He is. He's like, you'll be a real boy someday, Danny. I'm <laughs> <And> so, like, <laughs> he appears to be like, really, dark. <clears throat> And so, like, in the book, and in the, actually, I don't remember if it's in the movie or not, but in the book, he puts some of the money back, but he takes most of it, because he's still an asshole.
1: <laughs> I think it was that in the movie, too. I could be wrong, though.
0: Because he's all like, I want to take all of it in fine. Here's just enough for them to maybe have food today. And I was like, well, aren't you benevolent, you little bastard. And so, <laughs> he skips out, and we have to spend another two and a half hours with him, like I said, because this is a long-ass movie.
1: So yeah. we go to Abra's birthday, she's a little little girl real cute and this magician's up there doing tricks or whatever and he doesn't he say something to her
0: yeah he does something and she's like i can do that too and he's like that's nice sweetie and i was like kill him now Abra! whatever your power's gonna be just use it right now
1: then her parents walk in and all the spoons are on the ceiling so it's like what now motherfucker?
0: in the book so much more happens, and so we're here for this moment better, and it's more tension field. Because in the book, we have Abra being born, and her grandmother I forgot the word they use because I don't speak Momo. Spanish. Um, but like Wait. her grandmother's involved in the story, and she's like telling the family that like this girl is magic, you need to like hone these skills, and the father's like naysaying and like whatever. Um, but like the grandmother's more involved and the mother's like, she's always been this way and the father's kind of be an asshole about it, but the girl is born and starts doing magical things the second she's in her nursery. And so they have a long history of being like, don't do these things. You don't want people to know you can do these things, which is how she grows up thinking this is wrong because she needs to hide it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's all skipped here. And We go for this birthday party. So this moment means nothing and the tension's gone. Because in the book, there's so much more tension and there's so much more nuance to it because she's like, I can do that. And he ignores her as she goes to the kitchen and she's like, knives up,
2: bitches. <laughs> and she's
0: standing there and she's doing her shit. And her mother walks in and she's like, whatever the father's name is, whatever the father's name is, come here. <laughs> and they have to like talk to her about why she can't do this again. So it's another like red flag of bad parenting to be like, you can't be caught doing this. You can't be your real self. Stop it. <laughs> so, like, It's all ruined in this movie. That's the reason I hate
1: this movie. Um, I think one of my favorite things in this movie is Abra. Yes. Oh, oh, and then we, so we've already kind of talked about this, but now we get to Andy being converted. And there's so many moments in this that I'm like, number one, stop answering questions with questions. Mm -hmm. So like in this moment, Andy asks Rose, are you human? And Rose's answer is, do you care? Yes,
0: I do care. That's some more of that shady Stephen King, you making a pack with the devil, get out, bitch, shit. That we, I do we can have more of.
1: Um and then she says she's has got her head laid down in her lap, very sexual, like and then uh they then they start the chanting. And she says, No fear, remember, no fear. And then she starts doing some really creepy shit. I'm like, how are you gonna tell me not to be afraid? And then start doing creepy shit
0: right one or, one or the other pick or choose you don't get to be like no fear give me your mouth that does not <laughs> like I, just, I these vampires steam drinkers i we i just yeah
2: yeah they and then it. we
1: get another allusion to the, the steam that they're drinking or breathing or smoking or whatever is poor violet from the beginning of the film
0: they call it steam because they suck out steam from these gifted kids and people's and put it in like little bitty canisters, like you would your coffee. And then they all like pass it around like a joint. And I'm just like, I don't understand, Stephen, what are
2: we doing?
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so now Andy is an evil person. Um, Also, I want to mention, I love Cliff Curtis who plays Billy. He, if you're not familiar, he was on Fear the Walking Dead and the sci-fi movie Sunshine. Sunshine is a fantastic sci-fi film movie. If you would like to watch it, I think it's still on Netflix. But he's a great actor. I like him a lot. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. So Danny's working at his hospice, but he has The Shining, as we know.
1: Okay. And the weird thing about this, because in that article, I just want to bring this up. So the first job Danny gets is helping with the train yeah. with the kids. But then... He goes to AA, and his AA off his AA person is Dr. – I forget his name, Dr. – something random and white, Uh, Dr. (laughs) Sam or Dr. John, or I don't know. Um, And he says – he asks him if he's good around people die on their deathbeds and if he would come work in this hospice place. Well, in the book, apparently, um, Abra's grandmother is in that hospice center. Mm Mm-hmm and we find out later on that her and him are related, that that is his niece, mm-hmm. which makes so much more sense than just they're just randomly connected.
0: Right? Like They literally cut all the wrong things out of this book and I don't understand why. Um, they cut all the wrong things. I would have rather they put in these things that make things make sense and cut out all the overlooked shit, like have that sent up somewhere else that would have been what I would have done as somebody who like listened to the book.
1: Well, in the book, instead of going back, well, they still go back to the Overlook, but they go, it's burned down, and yeah. there's a campsite there now. That's and so, that, right, so they uh, that's where they had the final fight, is in the, but it's still, all the stuff still happens, so that makes sense. Anyway, um, but yeah, so that, that and so now he's working in the hospice world.
0: Yeah, so like, as much as Stephen King can fill a book for another 900 pages more than we would want him to. Like these things that they cut make sense. Definitely listen to it if you really like this movie because it's better in the book, which is why I have an issue with this movie. Gonna say it for the last time. Um, All right, so like he's at the hospice um, because it's his first job in this film as opposed to all the other ones he like fucked up while drinking. Um, And this old man is in a room and a cat leads Danny to him and they're talking. And we find out Danny can also help people cross over into the other world, which is a skill we did not see previously.
1: No, but it does make sense how he is connected to dead people.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, he was in the Overlook with the Shun, and he's got all kinds of skills we don't know about probably, but right. we should have talked about those before now, because it's just like, oh, he kills people now, cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> New I, didn't,
1: I didn't take it as he killed them. He was just there to help them cross over.
0: Yes, but, like, also they get to expect him after a while. They're just like, oh, is it my time tonight?
1: Well, and they say the cat does that, too, because the first guy, because he's going to be like, cat, don't go in there. That's not your room. Like, you don't go in there. And the cat's like, fuck that shit. I'm going in here. Because <laughs> cats don't listen.
2: They
1: don't. Um, And so when the man wakes up, he says, oh, this is my time, because the cat is always visits the people who die late at night. Which they never explained past that.
2: Mm -mm.
1: So we got a psychic cat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The cat does not get explained enough, even in the book. Because I was like, okay, but what's this cat story? Because the cat is just here in the hospice, hanging out with the old folks when it's their time to go. And nobody's like, hey.
1: (laughs) And also, when he died, when the old man died, he had steam. So do we all have steam? But only some of us are magical?
0: Or is the cat and Danny only visiting old steamy people <laughs> as opposed to non steamy people? Like,
1: well, that's just rude.
0: Right?
1: Steamy people need, need love and attention too.
0: Right? Like, <laughs> I don't see God all these steamers. What?
1: I will say, this part of the movie was really playing with my fear of death. It was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, me neither.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Most Stephen King's do gerald's game um oh my god Gerald's game if you're gonna do a stephen king you need more than you need to have a mini series and you need to own it you can't be like i'll cut out all the important stuff and get us to the thing that the people want to see because then the rest of us will read you um (laughs) we've we've been with Stephen for a while no matter his issues and his flaws and his books have something in them for us even if we are questioning his methods
1: all right, so Danny's helping people die in the hospice. I did like the line, the world is one big hospice with fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't,
0: is hard in 2020, let me tell you.
1: Say, doesn't that feel like 2020 right there?
0: Oh, t-shirts are going to be made.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, here's another one, because uh, Holleran makes another appearance as a ghost. Stop answering questions for questions, because <laughs> it's, this is another one, and it's very similar to Rose, so then I'm like, do I trust you, Holleran? Because you give me Rose answers. I don't know. Do I trust you anymore? Because Danny asked him, what happens to them in the boxes? Do they die in there? And uh, Hollering says, do you care? (laughs) Am I asking you?
2: (laughs)
0: Right. Right.
1: If I have asked, I probably care.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. So we get the boxes that Danny can put these people in from the, well, he's been putting them in it already because he was told that as a child um so he's putting them in those boxes he has those boxes somewhere in his mind he's so powerful and they kept coming at him even though the overlook was no more and he was in florida they were like we can travel because we're ghosts raw you've got a bathtub everywhere Danny. i'm here um so like he's been a
1: standing shower
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh you're thinking if you ain't careful um so like he, <laughs> so he's compartmentalized his demons very literally actually um and has made it to being sober for eight years which i believe is very very lovely especially because he's about working with his child (laughs) um and we saw how he handled the previous child we saw him interact with and the mother who may or may not have been alive
1: (laughs) and eight years was a jump but i went with it but it was a big jump
0: they skipped a lot of things in Abra's life because I mean nobody wants to see like a little toddler on tv especially in what's supposed to be like a tense suspenseful movie because mm-hmm. mm. and so I get why they made the gem but also like he does a lot in those eight years and like she develops a lot and she also we see her make the choice to stop telling her parents what she can do because she's so used to them being afraid of it and afraid of her and trying to like sort of shame her for it mm-hmm. like I, I'm here for the, and granted, it's Stephen King, and he's writing a young girl who is BIPOC, but I'm I'm still here for a narrative in where a girl is coming to her power, um, especially before puberty, and people are afraid of it, and trying to like silence her, and stress her, and form her to a certain way, and she's rebelling in her own silent ways, mm-hmm. and we don't get that here.
1: Yeah, not in the movie, at least. Um, no.
0: This movie was skipped over all that. This movie was like, I'll give you agency when you're at a certain age.
1: I will say, so going back briefly to um, Danny's alcoholism, um, I do, again, we've already kind of discussed that I, I do like that it brings it in and it kind of shows the multiple root causes of what what alcoholism comes from. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not just one thing that makes Danny an alcoholic. It's genetics, it's abuse, it's trauma, it's The Shining, it's all these things that kind of work together. Um, but one a very intellectual question that i have if danny is drinking to suppress the shining w- what if his father was doing the same thing
0: i i kind of wondered that too and i don't remember the book the original book giving me that um and so i don't know I, either way it's beautiful because he's either followed in his father's footsteps in that way or he is drinking away different demons and reaching for the bottle to feel connected to his father and plus alcoholism is just it's genetic and so either way there's a conversation to be had and this movie pisses on it no matter what the conversation may or may not be
1: yeah and but also in the shining those two are the only ones that are affected by the house wendy's not affected at all so that gives me another reason to think that there's some kind of the shining in his father as well, because it's the shining is genetic. Halloran talked. Right? talked about, about his grandmother had it, he had it. Remember, we had this question when we when we recorded about the shining. Where does Danny's come from, Stephen? Yeah. Call me. Let me know.
0: <laughs> Explain yourself, Stephen. Explain yourself. Because I've not read the original Shining in so long, where I don't remember. I do. Re- I I remember like bits and pieces because I remember like him and his dad had that like conversation. it be like, you forgot to check the basement, old man. and he's like, oh shit. And his father kept fighting the house. And so maybe his father does have some of the shining. And I just don't remember those breadcrumbs.
1: Um, Because they're, they're the only two that see the ghosts. Yeah. The mom never sees the ghosts.
0: And also we found out that the shining is multiple things. So maybe his father does have some random gift and he was drinking to keep that gift, whatever it was, away. And maybe Danny's just, like, brighter. Because O'Halloran wasn't like, hey, yo, Jack. <laughs>
1: right. Even
0: know Jack had been sober for, like, I think it was five months for the movie.
1: Yeah, oh, I don't really know where this line happened. I think it, it either happened when Rose is talking to Andy and trying to get her to uh, join, or when Rose is talking to Abra in her dreams. But there was a line that it just sounds very white, straight man writing female characters or writing about womanhood? The springtime of your womanhood.
0: That's so old white man writing about women. Um, I never want to hear that phrase again. I think I blocked it multiple times now. <laughs> I...
1: I love to bring up thing that you block out of your mind and let you relive it, Sheree.
0: <laughs> Redo that line. Call me. Tag me. Out of the springtime of her womanhood, we come to...
1: Another murdering of a child. Now this one is very rough.
0: It bothered me. I don't like children, but damn, I was disturbed both times and in the book.
1: So for those that need the reminder of where we are in the plot, so Rose and her uh, henchmen have decided to kidnap this little boy walking home from a baseball game. That oh, the baseball game. That is where Danny also played. Danny. Yep. Um, makes his. Virtual Danny. I couldn't, it's one of the spectators. I couldn't pick point which one it was.
0: I couldn't either. And I even saw a picture of him because I wanted to track it this time because I didn't know when I saw the movie the first time. So this time I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, I'll point out Danny. And I, I could not. Um, <laughs> um uh, He made a little cameo. And the director, Mike Flanagan, I believe is the director. I should not have had a bottle of wine for trying to remember shit. But, like, and my thinking was also like, we wanted Danny and we wanted Jack Nicholson, but Jack Nicholson is very much retired. And so we had to navigate that differently than we could have and should have, which is fair. Yeah. Because he had a long career. If he wants to rest, let him.
1: Let him be. Um, Okay. So, yes, they kidnap this little boy, bring him back to their campsite, and proceed to stab him repeatedly. It's bad. And suck out his sting.
0: It, it is, as, a, as somebody who watches a lot of randomly weird and fucked up shit, this was a lot to watch these people gang up on a small boy with a knife who's screaming for his life. That was traumatic. Um, and they're having a weird not dead person, dead person orgy passing around his steam and rubbing each other. And it's just a lot. And I don't know what Stephen King does in his spare time, but I need him to stop doing this to us on page.
1: And one of the things that they say, because, and I want to get your opinion on this, um, Abra watches it.
0: Yes. She screams it. cause All she's also jolted.
1: Yes. Um, and Rose sees that she was being, that she was watching her and says that she's a seer. So I wonder if Danny is also a seer since he sees things.
0: I don't I don't know because like all of their all of their shinings are kind of whatever they needed to be in the moment. It's one of those weird things because apra's like moving shit with her mind. She's like contacting people with her mind. She's seeing people shit she ain't never met. And
1: the like, strongest one out of all of them. Let's be she's real.
0: She's like AT&T, but better. I'm like <laughs> she's reached out to all the people. Whereas like DNE's in the original was shady and not very really developed in the movie. In the book, I think we got more into it um and then of course it's different now because he's like assisting people onto the afterlife and so i don't know if the shiny is something that changes and grows with the person i don't know if it's very specific to each one and they sort of pick and choose as they get older which ones to like turn off like they can opt out of stuff i don't know i came here for closure and i left with more questions and i'm really mad about it so they take the little boy's steam after this like really distressing murder by far one of the worst murders I've seen in a horror movie, just because it's just a lot to listen to a small child scream while a bunch of people gang up on them.
1: True. I will say, um, this happens throughout the movie, but I made a note of it here. I like, there's so many allusions to the score of The Shining.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they're very subtle and I like that they do that.
0: We didn't need to pay any mind to the original movie. We should have followed up with the book, but also... I don't understand why and how people decided what to keep and what not to keep from both, but it makes it murkier. Whereas we stuck to one story and followed that narrative, it would have been clearer.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree completely with that on storytelling and like plot. Mm -hmm. Um, my thing is I think and I think they could have done that and still kept some of these illusions with the score and the cinematography from The Shining without having to like Adjust the plot from the book. Does that make sense? Uh, I feel like they could. I,
0: I get it, but I'm also just not here to uphold anything that Kubrick did. And so, when a film school kid is like, "I want to let people know I saw the original Miss Me," um, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you bringing to this universe?
1: Abra is the most.
0: I really don't, I really don't know if I'm being sarcastic or not anymore because I am here for Abra being this like strong. I, I, she's biracial she's the strong biracial girl the strong bipod girl. i'm here for that um however because it's stephen king it feels icky because literally all the people of color are always magical and so it's like i want to rejoice in this but also you make us magical every fucking book can we just once be basic and non-magical can you try that stephen can you
1: right <laughs> Yeah, so, I did like that she just showed up in this part and was like, hey, old man, old white dude, come sit down and talk yeah. to me. I'm a little black
0: like, It belongs in a different movie book, because, like, in this universe and the real world, you don't just meet up with an older man when you're a small child in the park and have that be a happy story. It felt like it was one of these, like, weird, old and sitcom family situations, like, in Leave It the Beaver or something, where it's established, is a 30-minute safe block of time where we have to pause all belief because I'm just like you're meeting up with this man who you don't know like you you might understand on some level that he's like out of his like area where he'll watch a child and their mother die and he's not drinking anymore but also and then to be like you're just we'll tell them you're my uncle Dan if we need to which also hurts in this because in the book we find out he is an uncle and here we don't so it's very creepy to be like my uncle Dan who's not related to me
1: and I don't like it when I read that in the article I was like I want that (laughs) I want that to clarify that relationship
0: I want so much justice for Abra's grandma because like that was a role we could have had and we could have had more people of color in this world granted another magical person but
1: (laughs) alright so yeah so they meet in the park and Danny's like listen little girl we can't do this because they don't think I'm a bluster so bye (laughs)
0: She also mentions Bury the Chunk, which is something racist in the book. Use your imagination if you don't know what Chunk could be interpreted as. Because it's Stephen King, and Stephen King always has something a little bit racist somewhere. It's said multiple times in the book, and every time I would cringe. because I listen to it, writing, like, trying to work in Chicago, and I'd be like, oh, no, that's not a word we do anymore. But it's Stephen King, and nobody ever tells him not to.
1: i just um, why she says it in that moment.
0: Because they don't talk about this character that much in the movie. But in the book they do. He's like one of the top henchmen for Rose. And so like she's trying to describe what is happening and what she's picking up on and names. And she's saying Chunk because she's an innocent girl who is hearing Chunk instead of what they're actually saying.
1: Um, And they use a different word. Because in the movie he is labeled as Barry the Chunk.
0: In the book it's very racist.
1: And I know what you're talking about. And it's also a white man who plays him.
0: Oh, insult to injury, and that's why I didn't know who Barry was in the movie, because I watched it again, like, who was Barry? I was looking for an Asian man to have that racist name. Of the things we should have cut, we should have cut that name. Have everyone to slice that character and no. what goes on in that RV or Trailer Park. Colin, that's what could let go. Colin, Barry
1: the him Barry the Beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Barry the Mighty. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's, here we go, and we continue.
0: Here's where I had an issue with Abra, because she's made to be a very small child who's young in this, and she fears nothing. She's like, let me play with all my powers and see what happens. I'm not going to get in danger. They can't find me. Um, And in the book, they do give her, like, peace and valleys with this, because what we're about to talk about as the movie's narrative is so abbreviated. So abbreviated. So much is cut. So much is removed. And so we don't get to see her ever be afraid until it's basically too late. It's like, now that these things have happened, I'm a
1: little bit afraid. And even then, she's not really afraid. She's ain't. She's a badass. The whole way that she's like, come on. Bring it on.
0: Which I have issues with because, like, we we need heroes and we usually see them where they get to have, have a moment of doubt or a moment of fear as opposed to being like well we need to have her be a strong woman so she's always at 10 and she's fine i don't i don't like that there are ways of handling this and it, you could just it feels like it was written by a white man who was overcorrecting for some of his other racist things while still being racist in other avenues and so like i would have rather we have like an actual child who's coming into this knowing she's hidden this from her parents and she has to like bring them in which is the only thing she's afraid of is her parents and telling them Um, (laughs) and having her figure out how to use her powers while being afraid of them that's the narrative i would have liked to have had however we have dr sleep
1: so yeah she so the the in the story she she connects with rose to see where rose is and it's actually kind of genius this plan that she has because she knows that Rose will then try to get into her head and she does. But then while Rose is in there, she gets caught in these filing cabinets of, of uh, Abra's mind. Um, And then Abra gets real creepy. I don't understand why she had to get so creepy but them little children do not need to have no eyeballs.
0: I did not like that. And the the purple wig, I was like, this is too much. This is too much.
1: It was a lot. I get
0: one hydro identity, but do something else, because that's creepy.
1: But she so she traps Rose in her room while Abra is going into Rose's mind and looking through her stuff. We never find out what she know what she learns from that. Like we never find out the fruits of her labor. <laughs>
0: Because this movie cut a lot, (laughs) because we do get some stuff. It's not like important because it's Stephen King, so he wants to give us all of the things as opposed to focus that shit. But we find out, like I think, a little bit about the history of Rose and like how Rose came to be with this group is what I believe we get.
1: That makes sense. And she later on, when she's having a conversation with Rose, she says, "You know what I've done, or you know what all I've done." throughout history to get to where i am today or something like that so she rose alludes to it to uh abra but we'd never hear it from abra in the movie
0: because we kept cutting the wrong stuff um so like we we cut to her mind talking to danny because the user's shining now instead of the chalkboard and so like he's like what she's like go find this little boy's body get this glove i know stuff we can like do things now so he wakes up his friend um who's his sponsor i believe is it the sponsor friend or different friend
1: Uh, no it's a sponsor friend and apparently in the book he's like two characters combined yeah Like, like the movie he's two characters from the book that are combined into one
0: which is why it's confusing. Because in the book, Danny has like his sponsor friend and he has his other friend who helps him get the jobs that he messes up and then ultimately lands in. And so he has two advocates. Um, I believe the not sponsor is definitely an older man, so that you have that whole father figure situation sort of there, but not.
2: Yeah. And
0: I don't remember the sponsor's age requirements in the book and whatnot. But yeah. But he wakes up his sponsor <laughs> and he's like, I gotta dig up a little boy's body. Come with me. And he's like, "Friendship on my way. I'll pack some shovels." And they ride off.
1: There's a lot of things that some of these people make a lot of great leaps of logic to be like, "It's fine. It's whatever."
0: We've been friends for ten years, Trian. If you were like, "We go pick up some little body," I'm like, "No."
1: If I no. said, "Right," I got a story to tell you. You gotta believe me. <laughs> it's real weird. So I've been talking to this little girl in my in my head. Mm-hmm. She told me. <laughs> dig up this murdered boy's body mm-hmm. in another state and bring her the glove so she can find the killers. You want I, to know?
0: I would say use a lie or you need to stop calling me or both. Um, Depending on how the first question went. I, I wish someone would. I would be like, uh, hold, please. I have to block you. <laughs> we are done here. I hope you get help. I hope that you do better. I want no part of this narrative. What? What? <laughs> And and when Danny's like, "You're coming with me," I can't believe it. After they've been on the road for however many hours and/or days, like, well, either you're having an episode and you need help, or it's true. And I'm like, that could have been established back home before you got in this car with a shovel. Without asking more questions.
1: <laughs> um, and then we see. So in the book, apparently, which apparently they're called the the knot, the true knot, the true knot in the movie we never hear that i don't think Uh, We a
0: couple times it's in the book the true knot it felt very like he was appropriating someone's culture and i couldn't place whose culture here with rose being like sort of irish and like a lot of the people under her being very white i feel like it's less appropriation i don't know if that was them purposely making the choice for casting this movie getting away from that or if it's just that the book being read on tape just comes across as worse than it is. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, and Well, the crow, what's is it the crow? The crow daddy? Crow daddy. He seemed, he looked very native to me. And we do know how Stephen King loves his Native Americans.
0: Don't he do They're also magical. There are no BIPOC people in Stephen King's circle that are not magical.
1: In the book, apparently, these people die of all sorts of things. Some get the measles, some just leave. Well, the only instance of that in the film that we see is Grandpa, and they say that she he is uh, cycling,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that's their dying. The special effects on that were really weird to me.
0: The special effects in this movie were all weird. I don't. Okay, so like after Rose runs from APRA and the filing cabinets and the weirdness of that, she flies back to her body in what looks like 80s <laughs> special effects. And then smash yourself off of a trailer because they all live in trailers and campers. And I'm just like, we could have not done that. That we could have saved that five dollars and just not.
1: <laughs> True. Oh, I had a thought, I had an idea. So Abra and Danny have been communicating telepathically. What if Tony was a real person?
0: I I wonder that, but I also wonder if Tony was the quote-unquote imaginary friend that was a real entity that was protecting Danny if that makes sense
2: mm.
0: because like Tony been, he he was knowing things and I, like I said I haven't read the original Shining in so long to where that might be in there and it might be an obvious situation it's supposed to hot take but I get this that Tony was like his protector because he had this gift at an early age and the cubic version just pissed on it so we don't know what it was supposed to be this is another time where the movies what they decided to cut from the book bothered me because after we dig up this boy's body we cut to the father of the house to like fight with danny and so much has been missed so much has been skipped we don't get to see her tell her father what's going on we don't get to see him react we don't get to see him go i thought you stopped doing that and you don't have those powers anymore So it just cuts to him just like fighting this man in his driveway, and it's a lot less important and
1: necessary. It did not feel, it felt, okay. And you can tell me about the book and how, which one was more correct. It felt like he was running out there because he thought that Danny was molesting his daughter. It did not feel like he was running out there because Danny was encouraging his daughter to use her powers.
0: And in the book, he does try and hide behind that narrative a little bit, but also you get that he's trying to make a narrative so his daughter's not magical because him and his wife move past that, the daughter's been lying to them because they kept getting spooked and telling her to not be herself. And so like, I, I feel like the way the book handles it, it could be code for so many different things as well as coming in to like puberty. And so this is her being like, this is who I am. And I need to do these things I'm about to do, and you need to know because they need to happen. And here, we get, don't get any of that. She's just this little girl, and her father went out to punch Danny and like accuse them of something vague. <laughs> and it's just like, give people if you're gonna have them in your movie, give them an arc, give them some character, give them some stuff to work with. And I would have seen like see some of that go in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like it's a disservice to the father to cut the grandmother out because. He's such a non-believer, and that's their whole relationship: is her telling them that the daughter's magical, them saying she's not; those things were weird coincidences, and we move past it. And her being like, "You need to like understand who she is." Um, and she has a, she knows she has a connection, even though she's hiding her powers. And it's just the book is unfortunately better. I'm sorry. I know it's like nine thousand pages. You all just need to read it or listen to it. I'm sorry.
1: And so then they all decide this plan that they're going to trap these peeps, these vampires, the true not people. Um, And at first I was like, why is the father not with them? Like if that, if they were bringing my child somewhere dangerous, I would be with them. But then later on, as we'll get to, it makes sense. Because when they get there, they have her sit on the park bench or whatever, and they hide with guns.
0: Because they brought guns to fight steam sucking, orgy loving, murderous, vampire-esque creatures. But then they also have guns, so I stopped making fun of them, because <laughs> it's an old-fashioned shootout <laughs> um, I will say that Abra's dad gets more to do, because in the book, there's a different situation for the setup. And so, like, Abra needs to be in safety. The dad is going with, like, Danny in them, and they're trying to, like, trap them. And uh-huh. things, of course, don't go right. And here we get none of that because we're like we're gonna do with Stephen King, cut out all the wrong stuff, and also we're not gonna do a miniseries even though it needs to be.
1: Right. So, uh, long story short, they start this old-fashioned shootout, and they apparently these two boys, these two men, are just great shots because they're just killing these people left and right, like one dead, two dead, three dead, four dead. It's like two-minute shot scene, and suddenly they're all dead. Until <sighs> Little Miss Aunt Snakebite Andy. Uh, Gets shot, or she tries to kill Danny, but then Billy shoots her, but it's not fatal, and she uses her last push to tell Billy to kill himself. Poor Billy.
0: So we can kill one more person of color, because, like, that's what we're going to do in a Stephen King movie, Um, which leads us to Avra's dad, who avra has been kidnapped because the henchmen, while they were at the shootout, the henchman was like, that's going to be a trap. I'm going to get the little girl so goes to the house where the little girl is with her father, so Abra wakes up in the back of a car heading to who knows where at the moment, and she's well,
1: like, what are you talking about for a second? Well, do they not
0: have neighbors? In the book, they did, and so much stuff, it sense and are better in the book. Um, and
1: walked out that house with that little unconscious girl over his shoulder, and didn't nobody, it was the middle of the day, and didn't nobody say nothing.
0: In the book, she has a friend, and she was at the friend's house, and she was like, Danny Dini and Danny's frantic take but I'm going home. I'm good. Bye. And she gets grabbed, because she's like, I'm going to go home, even though they tell me to wait till they're back, because I'm Diabra, bitches. And so that makes more sense than this. And also, the dad dies, which is weird, because in the movie, the dad is Black. I don't remember if he's Black in the book or not. I, I feel like he wasn't, and he lived. So like, if that's the case of us casting a Black man just to kill him, off screen even. We even killed him off screen this time. She wakes up and asks about her dad, and he's like, I killed him because you killed some of my people today. We don't even get to see a closure for this man. He, Our last time seeing him is him setting up his daughter with a glove of a dead boy in the kitchen while he goes, what's going on? And then no more.
1: Oh, this whole... <laughs> I have so many notes about this car ride with this man, because I... <laughs> I was on fire with hatred for this character, <laughs> because he can't say like, well, the outcome is... This has so, is never changed, and it's always the same. He's like, I don't understand why you're so mad at us. And I was like, well, maybe for killing children. That could be why. Probably. Danny is finally able to find Abra. And it, it doesn't really say, but I read it as he kind of, like, took over her power or took over her. We
0: find out in the book that because of their connection and their powers that magically are different <laughs> when they need them to be, um, he can, he's like, I'm going to try this thing and he gets into Abra's body. This is, again, this is another thing we keep seeing is in these horror movies, someone has to get into someone and I'm clocking it because I don't know why we keep it up having to get into somebody else, but whatever. So he gets into Abra and all of a sudden the, she's all like, Oh, I feel like I'm hungover. And the driver's like, excuse you. It's just like, I haven't been hungover in years. And he's like, you're 12? <laughs> and and so they have a moment and he realizes it's not Avra anymore it's someone else and it works better in the book still not perfect but better
1: i mean i was still here for it because he died uh so he rears the car off the road and into a tree and uh, and crow daddy flies through the thing and is dead yes and then we have badass uh, Abra, I guess, just decided she's going to walk back home. I loved the moment where Rose kind of appears. Ghost Rose, or like not Ghost Rose, but like astral projection Rose. Mm-hmm.
2: And she's
1: like, oh man, like, I don't understand why you did this to my people. You didn't <laughs> know what you're doing. And, and Abra just like kept walking. <laughs> Doesn't even say a word, just walks right through her.
0: <laughs> walked through her. She was unbothered. And that's when I was like, maybe Abra is right. Maybe I'm with her. <laughs> she's unbothered.
1: I want to be like Abra when I grow up.
0: Right? (laughs) walked through the bridge. She was like, It's not your movie anymore. I killed everybody you had. I'll see you the (laughs) overlook.
1: Good night. And so, as we've said already, the third act of the film, we go, but wait, before we get there, can we talk about how if they got caught or when the police show up, if he was still alive, which he is in the book, it looks like he kidnapped her?
0: Done it. (laughs) Done it.
1: I just need people to think.
0: I get that we like to have the shining children, and I get that like Stephen King is like after years of racist things, I need to do better by one character. But like also, (laughs) because in the book, they find out that they are related. And here we do not have that. So it is very creepy for her to still call him Uncle Dan. And
1: and does her her family know they're related in the book?
0: The grandmother tells them all because they have moments. And the um, so much happens in the book that makes things make sense and is what's Oogie.
1: Well, and, and that makes more sense because the mother wouldn't think that he kidnapped him. She would know who he is. Yeah. In the movie, she's never even met him. At least the dad has met him. Yeah. <laughs> the in, movie, the,
0: in the book, the grandmother's like, oh, whatever the mother's name is, this is blah, blah. This is blah, blah, son. We never saw them. And so that's how we understand that, like, the grandmother maybe had some of the shining, which much us about the magical stuff, and Dana's getting it from that side of the family um because we never talk about jack's side of the family because jack was an alcoholic who died and so we just don't
1: which did i go back to jack could have had the shining
0: i feel like because he's in that family line he might have a touch of it but they didn't want him like they wanted danny so i still i still argue until i reread the original book that like his if he does have anything it's very low level
1: Yeah. whereas like and it does say in this book or in this movie anyway not the book but uh that as they get older, those steam changes. So that could have been why they were more focused on Danny and not him. But they were using him to get to Danny.
0: I can see it, but also Danny still had like some pretty strong steam, as Rose tells him later on. So I don't know. I need to reread the original. I need to reread all my Stephen Kings because all of them are really problematic. And I need to know if I can save this relationship or not. That's an ongoing project. I'm gonna get my books back, y'all. That'll be some sad
1: projects. We'll update you.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, Next time on Sheree's Relationship with Stephen King. Um, (laughs) And we get of course the third act of this film is in the Overlook Hotel because in the movie it was not burned to the ground. In the book it was. So I was really confused about how this worked in the book but apparently they still go to the site of where that hotel was but now it's like campground or like woods so but yeah so they go to the overlook it's very nostalgic
0: i i feel like this whole last act is just them paying lip service to the original movie and distinctly cue break because we're walking around for no fucking reason literally if your father died here and you miss that relationship if you're close to your father and you were traumatized here you're not just taking a tour around the building going i remember these carpets i remember these walls it's like hey all you film buffs look at this this is for you as opposed to this character in these circumstances
1: right and can we talk about how this hotel looks pretty good for being abandoned for 50 years
0: right That's- Right? All,
1: and all the equipment still work? Right? The lights are still on? Like, I don't...
0: No, ah, I just... I hate that, because if you go into the place, and it's still popping, and you have trauma here, why are you spending extra time in here? Why? What? For what fucking reason is Danny just, like, loitering in this place that tried to kill his family and him, waiting for things to go down? You don't need to wait. They'll come to you when you set foot in the building, as we've established
1: multiple times now right so jack goes. Not jack danny goes around the building and and, and reminiscing of the good times (laughs) turns on the lights and everything because they magically still work um and then he goes to the bar and we see not jack nicholson and let me just say this he is the worst of the three people that had to reprise roles like this guy that's playing jack nicholson is not at all
0: I feel like part of what happened is that they made the choice to not have somebody who impersonates Jack Nicholson because that gets weird, but also to have somebody with the look who's doing something drastically different. Especially because we've already established we're kissing the first movie's ass. We're not even trying to like follow the first book. We're, we're it out the window. We want your money because you like the first one. That's what we did here. And so <laughs> It just it felt weird. And it it hurt what is a very weirdly beautiful, poetic, awkward, awful situation of seeing your dad's ghost pouring you a drink of the thing that he loved (laughs) and he tried to give up and then ultimately ended up being part of his demise. And we don't get that here because of the way it's done badly.
1: And Danny doesn't take it.
0: He doesn't. That
1: was a good point that Danny does not take the drink, whereas... Jack in The Shining took the drink,
0: which gives us a glimpse of a narrative that you can escape these circles that are in your genetics and your family genes
1: until they ruin that at the end.
0: Didn't they though? They ruined it hard. I hate this movie. <laughs> I the more I talk about it, the more I hate it.
1: And then so he, he even goes to the to the apartment, the, the little closet that they lived in, mm-hmm. and sees the bathroom of the you know the axe and the door and and yeah, then we it's
0: it. in it for the poster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a glimpse of the new, shed, the new Wendy and the new Jack doing, reenacting that scene why again we're going back to he's reliving his trauma because that's like the sight of one of the most traumatic things that the kid experiences
0: yes and he even tells Abra they're going somewhere that wants to eat them it's a hungry place so why are you giving them a chance to grab you before you do what you've come to do by posing in these corners for these <laughs> screenshots. Like, literally, it, it was like, we need to, like, put Ian McGregor in this space so we can have cool posters and t-shirts made, but we'll put in the film, too. Right. <laughs> That's what it felt like.
1: And then, um, I did make t- the note that at least probably the, the the new Jack and new Wendy didn't have to deal with as much uh, abuse in this in this than Shelley and uh, Jack Nicholson probably did.
0: Which I appreciate.
1: Right it's little things you know yeah um all right so we're in the hotel jack gets abra abra telekinetically tells him that she's that rose is there so then he goes and gets abra and takes her to the study where jack nicholson was doing all his writing all work and no play i make jack a dull boy and for some reason this typewriter's still there after 50 years i guess no one wanted a typewriter (laughs)
0: I I just literally they we can always suspend so much disbelief. Like even after if we follow just the movie's narrative, even though it's the worst version of the narrative, somebody died, but people still had to come back to this place and they probably reopened a couple times. I'm assuming because capitalism in America. So like the typewriter would be gone, the hole in the apartment would be fixed, things would be different, maybe some upgrades. But instead, it's been frozen.
2: Mm-hmm. As
0: if they just left and he could still turn a corner and find his dad frozen outside of that weird fucking look on his face.
2: <laughs> I don't want it to happen.
0: And I just, I don't want that. I, I get that people want to cater to people who stand the first film. But like from a narrative and just like an actual person's point of view, it really annoyed me. And it made me really upset that I stayed so long in this movie twice.
1: So Rose comes into the hotel. She finds him in the study and he he now has his daddy's ax and he tries to put Rose in a box. I did think it was an interesting choice because, and again, you could have done this and still kept the continuity of the book um, that his boxes were kept in the middle of the maze I like that.
0: Yeah. That yeah. was a real choice. Yeah. Like, I. So, like, after we're done pissed on this sobriety narrative, in um, those mazes, like you just said, it gets murky because Rose shows up for this battle, and him and Abra are on the stairs where the mother had the famous baseball bat scene with Jack Nicholson in the first one. Mm-hmm. And, like, they do a lot of talking because we've come so far. Why give us what we came here for? And so, like,. They send her to the maze and her and Abra are talking and Abra's like slicing at her kneecaps, but mostly talking. And I'm just like, we came for the action. Stop talking to me and get this fight started or let me go.
1: I feel like they tried to give us our exposition at the end of the movie, which was weird choice.
0: They were like, all the stuff we cut we'll give to you right now. And it's like, no, no, we've let that go. You need to let it go now. They, They talk fight for at least 10 minutes. And my only note from that is, whose head are we in? Because Abra's not been to the mazes yet, so I assume it's Danny's. And then Rose figures that out.
1: Yeah, we're in Danny's uh, head. As soon as I saw the box, I was like, oh, this is Danny's head. mm -hmm. But Danny's using the body of Rose to confuse, uh, or using the body of Abra to confuse Rose.
0: Yeah. Which is another reason why I was like, why why are we bullshitting this hotel before we get to this fight? Anyway. You know what you came to do, you already got it planned out,
1: right? Uh, nostalgia that's why <laughs>
0: nostalgia will kill you, hmm. uh, <laughs> so
1: does that uh, work because Rose figures it out?
0: Yeah, and she snatches them all out of this, and then Danny's like, Run! Which to tell a child of the shining to run in this hotel <laughs> where the shiny wants to eat the shining, there are better plans. But anyway, while she's running, Rose takes her jacket off and I can't tell if she's trying to seduce Danny or what. I'm just like, are they gonna like, are they gonna go to town instead of like <laughs> murder each other? <laughs> the things she says to him are very suggestive. Um, and she's like taking the stairs towards him, much like Jack was taking the stairs towards his mother, but instead of an act, a instead of a baseball idea he has an ax. And instead of like saying passive aggressive things, like I'm gonna bash your head in and playing with fingers and tongues, Rose is just like, I want your steam, Danny. I want your steam. And I'm just like, what are we watching? Is this a different movie? Well,
1: because she's talking about how she's surprised that they never
0: uh, Since Tim.
1: witnessed him. We're like, yeah, saw him or, yeah. Like, or whatever and killed him, essentially, when he was a kid. Um, and so, yeah, but then she, so just like, again, an allusion to the first film, he goes to swing the axe at her. She, oh, we also missed. She's like super amped up, super strong because she took all that mist or uh, yeah, she took all the steam from all those canisters.
0: Which, when she's talking to Danny about his steam and she's sort of seducing him, like, I feel like she wants it. But like, she's seducing him about his steam. I'm just like, are you here for revenge? Are you here to get laid? Are you here for Danny's steam? What is your goal now? Because I thought you were like, I'm gonna kill that bitch. She just killed my own family. And now you're like, ooh, side quest. (laughs) I also have a short attention span, so I want to give her some space, but I, I question that in this movie, because it's two and a half hours, and we need to cut something.
1: So <laughs> yes, she starts to take his, his steam by using the axe on him. Oh, and she also, when he swings at her, she stops and throws him down the stairs, much like Shelley did to Jack in the first movie.
0: They're apparently axing him in a very delicate place. Right. She has to tell us what she's asked him because it's like something completely different. And I was like, that's a statement. And she's like, you're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm, nice, safe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he lets out his ghosts. Oh, wait, no, I want to mention that this is when the line. This is the line that I was like, white supremacy. Um, you get sucked into other people's problems. Mm-hmm. Rose tells Jack or Danny this to try and seduce him to i don't know if she's trying to seduce him to join her or what but that sounds very much like what you tell white men about blame black people for all your problems because you get sucked into their problems all the time it just felt very white supremacist group trying to um indoctrinate someone um, my
0: thing about these monsters onto her now after he's obviously not going to make it because he's just been axed in the very situation why don't we release these monsters sooner? What is your goal? Danny, Danny, you came into this bitch to walk around for 30 minutes and look at all the places your family almost died and your dad did die. (laughs) And then you like get set up on the stairs of Abra and you let this woman come for you and ask you and she's taking your steam. You're like, I guess I'm going to do the thing I could have done first and release these ghouls on this bitch. (laughs) And I'm just like, you all could have lived and you could have not spent so much time in here had you just met her at the door with these ghosts.
1: Right. So the ghosts end up killing Rose. And then I'm like, Did you not think they were gonna come after you next, Danny? Like, why aren't you going to trying to go somewhere?
0: Right? Start boxing them up as Rose goes down. You need to have a backup plan. Like keep it circulating. Like
1: right. conditioning. So then um, the ghosts come to Danny and it's unclear what they really do to him. They like inhabit him or like I don't know but they essentially turned Danny into his father.
0: Which I don't buy because his gift is very specific, which is why they tried to eat him the first time in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And so for them to just be like, well, give him the ax, let him do this Jack Nicholson thing for a minute, feels like another, we know you like the first movie, so we're giving you this, as opposed to something that makes sense for this narrative.
1: I get that. The only um, saving grace for it in my mind was, Abra is so much stronger than he is. So I think their goal then after they got Rose, cause she was the easy prey and they're so hungry cause they have been stuck in boxes for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, their goal was to get Abra because she was so much stronger than Danny, than adult Danny was. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it this whole ending, it, it, it does Danny no services.
2: <laughs> it's all
0: so fucking forced. Literally. Like, they would have eaten Rose, eaten Danny, and then they would have caught up to Avra because she's alone and she lost in this haunted house of horrors.
2: Right.
0: So, like, even using Danny was a way out for her, clearly, because they have that connection and the Shining knows that and the Ghosts know that. Mm-hmm. And so, what are what are our aims here? What are we playing at? Just let us go if you're not going to even give us a good evening. Just let us go.
1: Right. And so, yes, he cut. And they he chases Amber around for a little bit. Then he catches up with her. Of course, she hides in room 237. Of course. Of
2: course.
1: Um. And he catches up to her. But somehow she's able to pull the Danny out and talk to him. And he basically tells her that there is no other way there's no other option here that she has to get out and he is going to sacrifice himself essentially um
0: so like this this could have been better had the first movie followed the book and that danny and his dad had that last moment before his dad blew up but the movie did not do that the movie did its own thing to give us that gift of jack nicholson being frozen (laughs) Um, so this could have been a beautiful mirroring moment of her reaching out to her uncle who was also an alcoholic to mm. be like i i see you in there you you're not going to do this right. um and it's ruined because we're paying all this respect to a movie that pissed on the original source material <laughs> and so it don't it don't work and so he's like get out i'll catch up with you and we know what that means but she don't know what it means no we've not done this before on film
1: right so she gets out danny goes down to the boiler room and basically dies like his father did in the first book not the first movie but the first book yes i hate that for danny because he wasn't following his father's footsteps he had he did not take the drink
2: Mm -hmm.
1: once he got sober he had stayed sober Mm -hmm. and even through all of when uh billy killed himself and like he had that bottle of alcohol you could tell that he was very tempted to drink and he did, even put it to his mouth and he did not drink it. Mm-hmm. And then for him to die in the way that his father died in the first book, not the movie, of course, it just seemed so like disappointing.
0: It is. And it really ruins this message of, because I feel like both their struggles are similar, yes. Um, but I feel like it gets you out of the mindset of Danny can be better, Danny can fight these things by just being like, well, to the boiler room with you, <laughs> like in the first book. If anybody read it, if you saw the movie, sorry about it. <laughs> so, like I just, I'm mad about everything in this third act. Like the third act specifically is probably where I get the most frustrated, and I wish it would just never had touched that, Just leave it alone.
1: Yeah, I need to get up. I need to get up on Audible and listen to the first book, and then and then listen to the book of this because I think the book is better from what even from what you're telling me. And well, I, I love the idea that they're related. I think that, that that explains half of my questions that I've got in my notes.
0: <laughs> it does. It, Hollywood has this thing where it can't respect the source material. And I hate that because it's how you get movies like Doubt, where you have Viola Davis giving her beautiful monologue on the side of a street with cars going by her. And you're just like, for well, what? Why, Hollywood? Why are you this way? Who hurt you? They don't know how to leave things alone. So they're just like, I need you to know that I've touched this. Like, we get it. We're seeing it. It's good. It's fine. Calm your shit down.
2: Um, I,
1: I do love Abra though. That is the one saving grace of this movie. Is that we do have a strong, even if it is misguided and like a little over the top, but a strong biracial, BIPOC woman, essentially the final girl. Yeah. Um, I just wish it would have ended better for Danny. And again, I wish this whole community atmosphere would have been at the heart of it more.
0: I feel like my issue with Abra is that she was definitely written by an older white man, and that shows in both versions. And so it's this is one of those times where I wish that either Stephen King, the writer, or Mike Flanagan and team who changed it up had been like, let's invite some women into this room to actually like help us navigate this girl and this struggle because her struggle gets so lost in this movie and it's barely there on the page mm. of coming into her power with her family not knowing and having to tell them this. Like it could be an analogy for so many things that we don't get into because it was just like cis white men around don't do what we do. That's and great. I'm just like, wow.
1: You know who would have made this film so much better who ava DuVernay.
0: It would have been an oscar winning movie and Abra would have had a full-on story arc and i would respect her as a person and a character as opposed to wanting to root for her
1: true so then it's not the end of the film though because we have a flash forward scene where it makes you think danny might have lived because abra is talking to him in her room which um and he's telling her, which I liked this last end, this last scene, him telling her he was wrong for telling her not to use her powers, she should be herself essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really liked that. I thought that was a really nice closing for that relationship of them two. Um, but then the mom comes in and we find out she's he's dead and she's talking to a ghost, much mm-hmm. like Danny did for most of the movie with uh, Halloran. And. Also, but she tells, (laughs) so the mom's like, Who are you talking to? And she says, Nobody first. And she's like, Wait, no. Talking to Danny or Uncle Dan or whatever. There's a place after, you know, like afterlife.
0: She's basically coming out to her mom in regards to her pounds because her mom was out of the whole conversation in this movie. Right. With this movie, she's absent.
1: (laughs) But that moment, the mom's like,
0: Okay. Like, make- i would have had
1: a little more a few more questions
0: <laughs> it makes so much more sense in the book because the mom is involved and like the grandmother's involved and like the father lives and so we don't need this weird awkward moment of her being like okay what app like i hope grandma's okay i'm so upset that they bastardized another stephen king novel if you were going to do a stephen king novel you need to own up to the fact you have six hours at least material that's all there is to it whether or not we all want it that's what you're going to do don't pick it up if you're not willing to do a series and give it that year of your life don't
1: yes and then we get our favorite ghost of all time Nigga Lady is back for a third dough
0: I just I wish that I was a more confident person in myself because I would be here for Halloween to just get a merkin and go about my day, put some scabs on and just appear. <laughs>
1: you have to carry a bathtub with you everywhere you went. I,
0: could, I feel like, it's like a little paper one is like pasted behind me.
1: Every party you go to, you have to be stay in the bathroom the whole time. <laughs>
0: right? That's why I in <laughs> Every
1: time someone goes to pee, you have to be like peeking behind the shower curtain. <laughs>
2: Like, damn it, she got me again, naked lady. <laughs>
1: right, but Abra goes and handles business, and naked lady is in her box again. And, <laughs> and
0: her- <laughs> much like Tiny Danny from the top, Abra's like, "I'm going to the bathroom to cure business."
2: <laughs> Shut and the
0: goes in there to put this in a box. <laughs> I. I don't understand how the overlooked ghosts follow these children all these different places and times. In my day, ghosts stay at one location. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Stephen King's ghosts are different. I don't know. <laughs> the Shining ghosts are different specifically. I, I'm going to track it when I read these books again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that is the end of Dr. Sleep. Sheree, what's your hot take?
0: Oh. Ah, my hot take is I whatever my issues with Stephen King novels these days, as I get older and look at them from different lenses, they are still better than these adaptations, and we start trying to cram the world that Stephen King gives us into tiny movies and making them long movies that are still missing like a third of the It's insulting. I won't do it anymore. Stop making them. I want to alone them. Mm.
1: All right, my hot take is honor the source material. If you're making a film about that's from a book, and I get that it's a different medium, and there are better adaptations than others. There are some film adaptations that I thought were really successful that did cut out a few things. Um, But with this one especially, I had a lot of questions that as we spoke about it, you basically said, in the book, it's completely different. All right. So next week, in closing, next week we are tackling a really exciting um, film. It's one of my favorites, actually, for the week of Sept or for the week <laughs> for the month of September. <laughs>
2: for, the month of September
1: <laughs> for the month of September, we're doing a theme of witchcraft to get us into the spooky season. Um, and so, Charade, do you want to tell us what we're doing next week?
0: I would love to. Next week, dear listeners, we're doing the craft. That's right. Nev Campbell, before screen, giving us some witchcraft. Get yourselves ready. It's on Amazon. we got to pay for it this time. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like me and have the Blu-ray, because I'm a nerd. Um, and we're going to call the corners. We're going to get our uh, little birds and little fishes and all the other stuff they had. I don't know about doing that blood ritual, because that's a little weird, <laughs> I, I'm into that, but uh, I'm excited. That's
0: gross. No, I won't, no. I'll drink a Bloody Mary if you're <laughs> spicy enough. Um, so, yeah, like, we, we have a good month of witchcraft planned for you, but you should let us know what your favorite witchcraft movies are in case they're not on there, and we have to schedule them later in life. Or maybe they are on there, and you'll be pleasantly surprised, just like go ahead and find us on our Twitter and our Instagram and our Facebook and let us know what witchcraft movies we should be including and which ones we shouldn't be including.
1: Right. And of course, let us know your thoughts on this episode where you agreed with us, disagree with us, or whatever. Um, let us know. We are always open to communication and, um, we don't speak for everyone. This is just our opinions and yeah, I'm excited um also if you could um rate review us on apple itunes and that again helps us find more people feel free to share us with your friends and your family your grandma if she likes horror films um you do (laughs) but yeah i hope you all enjoyed our episode on dr sleep until next time stay fierce
0: thanks for listening keep it fierce y'all